of the Chicago Bears, ESPN 1000, pumped about that starting today, March 1st, 2023. Your brand new home. Don't worry. Jeff Joniak, Tom Fair will still be on the call of every Bears game this season, but uh, we are officially the home of the Chicago Bears right here on ESPN 1000. So excited to have them. I'm Jeff Meller along with Tyler Aki. We're in for Black and Abdallah. The boys were on earlier today. We've been live and local all day today, starting at 5 o'clock when Cap and Jay Hood broadcast live from the NFL Combine. They had Ryan Poles kick things off very early today. Very good interview. I encourage you, if you missed it, check it out on the ESPN Chicago app. It was 17 minutes of uh, really good stuff with the Bears general manager. He talked about Braxton Jones. He talked about lots of different aspects that I think Bears fans have been interested in. Of course, they talked about the dream scenario that he is currently in the midst of, having the number one overall pick and having so much cap available to them, the most in the NFL Talked about Justin Fields, uh, some comps throughout Michael Vick, Steve Young, and just uh, how hungry he is and how Ryan Poles loves that in him. Um, Talked about Matt Eberflus and uh, working with Flus and uh, working with Flus to build this roster. It's incredible. I can't tell you how fortunate I am to have a partner that sees the game and sees a roster-building process like he does. Um, it's it's really special because that's as a front office person, that's what – those are the things that kind of keep you up at night, and you're wondering like how much patience this coach have. We're trying to do this the right way. He's all in uh, in terms of building it the right way. He's actually an incredible evaluator, which for a general manager, that's a big deal. Um, and oftentimes we're on the same page, and when we're not on the same page about a player evaluation, we'll sit down and watch them together and, and get on the same page. Um, but he gets the process, and it's it's been an absolute joy to work with him and, and do this thing the right way and have a level of patience to develop talent. I mean, that's a stressful thing for a coaching staff to say, you know, we're going to play a lot of these young guys so we can build it the right way. And they've been incredible at at doing that, especially in year one. Lots of great stuff from Ryan Poles there with Cap and Jay Hood earlier today. And as I mentioned, he talked about having to deal with the curveball that you don't necessarily see coming all the time. And sure enough, the Bears got one earlier today when it was announced that Jalen Carter has had an arrest warrant served and uh he is now headed back to georgia to address the police and the situation again it is in regards to two misdemeanors um for reckless driving that we've been talking about all night long and we've been of course asking the question does that mean that ryan poles now and matt eberflus and the bears as a whole have to consider removing jalen carter from their draft board and you as fans what do you think do you want them to just move on from Jalen Carter, or do you think the talent and the fact that his two misdemeanors that he is currently being charged with, is that not enough for you to move away from Jalen Carter? That's the situation. That's the conversation we're having right here on ESPN 1000. Let's try Dave, who's in Buffalo Grove. Dave, you're on with Melleranaki. What's up? What's going on, guys? How are you? All right, well, first, song of the night. How about I came for hours 55? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? What was that? I can't drive 55. Oh, I can't drive 55. Hager. Listen, sorry, no, listen, no Dave, we're celebrating the whole, being a home of the Chicago Bears. <laughs> I thought uh, we'd get no pushback for going with Bear Down, but... I'm a Bears fan, but, you know, sometimes you can't drive 55. I hear you. Anyway, this kid's a... Look, he, he's a 21-year-old college kid. Mm-hmm. We all were. You know, you can't throw the kid under the bus. 
He made a horrible mistake, obviously. He went back, he thought about it, or he got some good advice, whatever the case may be. But I think all all these the, the fans of Jackson Rivers that are calling in have got to chill out, let the thing play out. The kid's an amazing football player. That's what we want on the team, a great football player. I mean, the fact that he bought and he took that other kid under his wing, you know, and bought him lunch. I mean, I think that shows a lot. He yeah. made a mistake one he made a mistake one night. He drove fast. These are misdemeanor charges. Nothing is in stone. Um, I highly doubt I was an agent actually certified advisor for several years. I highly doubt that the league will even do anything. Um I think we have. To, I hear you, Dave. I think we have to see, Dave. I think we have to see what ends up happening, obviously, with the police here and what the situation, how it ends up being resolved. Um, you know, the truth is that, yeah, because they're two misdemeanors, I don't think we're looking at any serious suspension coming down from the league, and no. he's probably not going to be removed from many, if any, NFL teams' draft boards. Right? Like, no. I, this again. It's it's. But what's troubling? Again, I'll point out he did have a citation in September for driving 89 miles per hour in a 45-mile-per-hour zone, right? And so, of course, the one thing I'll point out is, right, like, let's talk about the likelihood, right? Mm -hmm. Like, just because you've, quote, only been ticketed once, there's, there's probably a pretty good chance that if you're somebody who drives that fast or have been ticketed for that, and then you, it's happened again now, there's probably a decent chance that you're somebody who likes to drive fast with some t- some deal of frequency, right? Right. Like like let's not be naive here. So that's yeah. that's the concerning part, right? And I I do we are not privy to the conversations he had with the teams at the draft. I just think when you're you're the Bears and it's such a significant pick for you and you're drafting this high, it's fair to ask the question, is it just easier to pivot away from Jalen Carter and say, "Okay, Will Anderson, you're right. close enough to uh, a talent where we want to draft you instead." Listen, this is the NFL. This is the League of Second Chances, National Forgiveness League, and for better or for worse, that's mm-hmm. what it is. Uh, Jalen Carter is going to play a down of NFL football. I, like That's just the way I see it from, from this vantage point of where we're at right now. And in terms of like Will Anderson or, or Jalen Carter, like sure, if you don't want to take the PR hit, like it's not like Will Anderson's a, a consolation prize. He very well might be the guy that Absolutely. the Bears have higher on their board that's right great now. Point. I I would guess that Jalen Carter is higher on the Bears board just because we've heard Courtney talk about the importance of the three technique in Matt Eberflus's offense. And you and know what? Not just in Matt Eberflus's offense, but when you look at it. Or defense, I should say. When you have those true difference makers in the interior part of the line, mm-hmm. they're the real disruptors, right? Yeah. Like you get your Aaron Donald, you get your Chris Jones. Those are the guys. It's hard to get pressure from the interior, but if you can do it consistently – you can you can really wreck a right. a, a, a team's offensive right. game plan because remember when when Patrick Mahomes like oftentimes like the the mobile QBs they can evade the rushers off the edge right but mm-hmm. up the middle nobody deals with that well I mean it, it's basic math here right like what's the shortest point from a to, a, a straight line right the, Going back these other to guys, geometry right baby. I know like it, the hypotenuse is is always the yeah. the longest uh, the longest leg of the triangle right there so. Um, and this is just a, a straight on line from, so if you do have that Aaron Donald type in the, in the middle for you there, sure. Then, then you've, you've got a guy that is, I, I would take Jalen Carter if that's what you were assuring me right now. But I, I think it's flashier to think of edge rushers. So for someone who's never scouted a down of football and never will be asked to scout a down of football, 
My personal preference would be a guy like Will Anderson because I think you see how impactful edge rushers are in the game. When you look at guys like TJ Watt, Micah Parsons, Von Miller, all that stuff, to me, I feel like you have a higher success rate there yeah. of finding a guy on the outside. But if Jalen Carter's going to be the guy that's going to be this engine that you need to make this defense click, then that has to be your guy atop your, your draft board. Let's try Bob, who's in the West Loop. Hey, Bob, you're on ESPN 1000. Hey, hey, fellas, Bears, congrats. Bears, I'm Bears. excited to listen to the Bears on the radio station. Um, congrats so to you, I, Bob. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited as we well. We all are. So, um, I kind of get what you guys are saying about Jalen Carter, but I don't necessarily agree 100%. So, in my opinion, I think you hear this information, and based on what we know, like you can't just keep your draft value of Jalen Carter the same, can you? Like You guys agree that his draft value will drop. And what the main question is, will his draft value drop enough to where the Bears select Will Anderson over him? I mean, that's the main question we're talking about here, isn't it? No, it absolutely is. I, you know, I for I think some team will look at this as an opportunity, right? Like there will mm-hmm. be some team that's probably yeah. sitting in the mid-teens thinking to themselves, you know what, if this does raise enough red flags that you're pointing out, Bob, right? They're probably licking their chops saying if we can get into the, the you know, the right around 10, 9, 8, if we mm-hmm. can move up to that spot, we might have an opportunity. So there's, there's plenty of teams who will look at this as an opportunity. I mean, the Chiefs did it with Tyreek Hill. He was right. a, yeah. clearly a first-round talent, but they knew that he had, he had plenty of issues of domestic violence in his history at college, and they decided, you know what, he's a talented football player. And that's yeah. generally the way – and let, let's be honest, I mean – I, or I'm not even going to go there because I, I don't want to even compare the two because it's not worth it to anybody. And But it's you know it's despicable in some regards the way that the league will look at the talent and say, yeah, you know what? We can, as long as the person is not in jail and they can be productive on the field, mm-hmm. then let's see what they can do for us. Yeah, I mean, I mean and that's a decent, a, a, good, a good point. But I think if you look at this from an analytical perspective, like he has a number, that's his value. His number's going to go down, but how far down is it going to go? And what is that number relative to the other players on your board? I don't think other teams in the draft are going to completely remove him. No. Uh, but it depends on, I mean, is this guy Lawrence Taylor? Is he Reggie White? I don't, I don't know what, if you guys have any more information. Uh, I don't think so. But And Carter, yeah, no, it's, it's listen, so the comp for Carter, you know, I don't know, no, uh, no one's thrown out, Aaron Donald. I haven't right. seen anybody say Aaron Donald because he's, let's be honest, Don, Donald is probably one of the top three players. Well, he's one of the top three defensive players in the history of the league. Right. I think when you look at it, um, you know, he's right there with Lawrence Taylor and Reggie White. So I think it'd be kind of foolish for any draft analyst to put Jalen Carter in that, right. in that rarefied air. But he's, in, you know, believed to be an impact three technique, which is so critical. And um, it is the draft as a whole. It's not that highly regarded. You know, it's right. that there's some good players at the top, which is fortunate for the Bears. But as a whole, it's not that well regarded. Yeah, we we had Mel Kuyper on the station yesterday, yesterday mm-hmm. and even in in I think a couple weeks ago as well. And he's reiterated that to us, right? Like they asked him yesterday, "How far would you trade out?" And he said, "I'm not going past five. Yeah, if I'm the Bears, because of what the." construct this, of the draft is right before now. the Carter right. news yes. came down mm-hmm. so the, the, for, and I think for the Bears fans you have to ask okay if the Bears are uncomfortable taking Jalen Carter how does this change their trade prospects because it was always easy to point to the Indianapolis Colts and say 
they're the perfect trade partner at four. They want to come up and get a quarterback. That makes sense. But now, if Carter is not somebody you really want to entertain taking, well, then all of a sudden, dropping the four might be too far. You might right. only be able to go down to three, and I promise you the Arizona Cardinals are not trading up to one. So then maybe the Bears only feel comfortable going down to two if that's Or the case. keeping their pick. Like, oh, if it does get to that point. It's a great, it's a great point that we really haven't, we haven't really entertained that idea, mm-hmm. but if you're not going to take Jalen Carter, and I don't know that's the case. Again, still a lot of time before the draft, but if you're not going to take Jalen Carter, all of a sudden, this treasure trove of, of draft picks that everyone assumed was coming the Bears' way yeah. might not necessarily be the best, you know, the best way uh, for them to go here. Right. He's Tyler Rocky. I'm Jeff Meller in for Black and Abdallah on your brand new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN 1000. Play action. Fields given time. End zone. Touchdown. St. Brown. And would you believe this? The Bears lead in the fourth quarter. Oh, yeah. Pump it up. Pump it up. Your brand new home of the Bears, ESPN 1000. I'm Jeff Meller along with Tyler Aki as we're in for Black and Abdallah. Guys, we're on from 9 to 11 today, celebrating the Bears news. Happy Bear Day to everybody out there. It's a great day. It is. It's fabulous. Well, here's the thing. Today is Happy Bear Day, but like now we've got 365 days of Happy Bear Day. Yes, although I'll tell you what. It's not always going to be Happy Bear Day on ESPN <laughs> yeah, 1000. There's going to be plenty of days where it's going to be, we're happy to be great partners of the Chicago Bears. But it's pissed off Bear Day. Don't worry. That's true. It's still going to be the ESPN 1000 that you know and love. We're going to be critical of the Bears, as we always have been. But uh, we're just happy to bring you the play-by-play of all the Bears conversation that's going to be coming your way. Again, Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer are going to be your voices of every Bears game. So don't worry. Don't fear. They will be here along for the ride and uh, being the voices of the Chicago Bears, just as they have been for a very, very long time now. But they're going to continue to do so on your new home, of the Chicago Bears ESPN 1000. Lots of great conversation. Lots of people want to talk about Jalen Carter. So we're going to open up the phone lines and allow you, the fans, the voice. So let's try. Let's go out to, um, let's say, Tom in Glendale Heights. Tommy, what's going on, man? Hey, guys. Good to talk to you. Um so my whole thing with the Jalen Carter situation is I'm not taking him off my board, but it does make it easier for me to continue to trade back to acquire more picks. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you start with the fact, well, we're at one, and, you know, if we trade back to two or if we trade back to four, I can continue to keep trading back if that's the case. Like, you know, it's one thing I, you know, I don't think Jalen, I don't think Carter's going to fall past Detroit at six. I think that, that like if, they, if he fell to their laps, they're taking him. But my question though is, it's kind of what Arizona is is going to do because are they going to take a defensive player or are they going to trade back because the quarterback is taken third? Like there might be three quarterbacks, one, two, three, mm-hmm. and then if you're the Bears, you take Anderson. But you just don't know what Arizona is going to do if they're going to take a defensive player. But in, you know, in the end, like I would consider not taking him off my board if. I, but I would continue to trade back, and then like if if I trade back to like seven, and he's still on the board, then I take him there. But this gives the Bears the opportunity 
to maybe keep trading back a little bit more and still possibly get him or other teams as well. I hear what you're saying. Um, I think it's in some ways, though, it's easier said than done, right? The idea of continually trading back multiple right. times. Like, the one thing is, because everybody's saying, oh, trade with the Texans, right? Grab that two pick, grab a, that, uh, get the 33rd pick from the Texans, and then start working other teams. The only problem is that if, the, if whoever the Texans end up drafting number one overall, if you do make that deal, well, then you could be hurting any leverage you have because the Colts, the Panthers, whoever you're talking, the Raiders, whoever's in play for trading up, the Texans may be, trading, may be taking the guy that they want. And then all of a sudden, all the leverage you thought you had could be completely out the window. And again, it's not a terrible position to be in if that's the worst-case scenario where you get the player, you know, a Will Anderson at number two and you get a second-round pick. That's not terrible. It's right. still better than what you had. Yeah, But it might not be the absolute haul that everybody's hoping for. Right, and you think about it too. Obviously, the the leverage that the Bears and even the Cardinals have is the fact that they're not drafting quarterbacks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you're turning this into a bidding war among other teams, especially given that a couple are in the same division too. When you've got the Colts and you've got the Texans all trying to, to find that quarterback of the future. But I think that... the. The Cardinals are a team that I don't think is being talked about enough in this because they're also in this quasi-rebuild right now. Jonathan Gannon, their new head coach. New head coach. You've got a quarterback who you just paid a ton of money. That would be pretty tough to get off of right now. Mm -hmm. And you also have... Mr. Call of Duty himself. Exactly. Uh, Mr. Black Ops. But I I just can't see a, a scenario where they're just all nestled up at three either. Like I think that... People aren't talking about the the Cardinals as a team that could be trading out of their pick as much. In the mocks, you always see the Bears as a trade once, sometimes even twice. Why, why couldn't the, the Cardinals be that team as well? For a team to move up to in that they, position? They've got needs, and they're, they're, yeah, they're especially given what they're facing this year, where they're going to be missing their quarterback for quite some time No, as they, well. It's certainly possible. I think, too, the one thing we don't know, right, is what... Do teams what what appeals to them? If you're the Texans, you're the Colts, right? Like, are they all going to be honed in on Bryce Young, or is the size something that is going to prohibit him from being the one player that people are hoping, or the Bears are hoping, all these teams are lusting off, lusting after? That may, you know, his size may be prohibitive to that situation. Right. You know, Anthony Richardson, you're, are the skills and the tools going to be enough to entice some team? that says, you know what, I think I could work with that. Get him in an NFL system, and if they're confident enough in their skills as a developer of talent, mm-hmm. well, then he might be the guy who people are like, oh. Right. Or maybe there's, and maybe it's Will Levis. Right. We haven't even said CJ Stroud yet. Right. I mean, you bring up all these different names, and I think it kind of helps the Bears from a trading standpoint that all these guys have – you look at some of their ceilings, right? There's tantalizing talent in a lot of these guys, but there's also significant flaws. But some teams are going to look past some of these flaws and say, you know, I saw that throw that Richardson made. Yeah. I saw that run that he broke off. I, I like the the physique of Will Levis. I like the processing of Bryce Young. Sure. And it's going to be tantalizing enough for them to drop off or to, to want to trade up. But it's also going to be enough where some team is completely out on Bryce Young or Will Levis or C.J. Stroud or any of these guys. And will it, though, hurt your leverage because 
they're maybe these teams are saying, you know what? There's two or three QBs I like right. in this draft, and even though I have a mm-hmm. preference for one, none of them is so much better than the other. Where I would be in a position where I'm, I feel bad if I don't get one of the other guys. So that's a possibility too. Chris Ballard, the Indianapolis Colts GM talked earlier today at the draft combine about what it would take to move up to the number one pick to move up there's got to be a guy worthy of it everybody has just automatically stamped that you've got to move up to one to get it right i i don't know if i agree with that that's going to be the narrative and that's okay y'all got to write something you got to keep the news flowing i don't necessarily know if that's the the right course of business when we meet as a staff and we say okay this is what we need to do. This is the guy for the next 10 to 15 years, and we think he's the right guy? Sure, we'll do it. But who's to say we won't get one at four? Chris Ballard playing coy there. I don't know what to make of the Colts because right. Jim Irsay, is he just is well, he crazy? Chris Ballard, Or is he too. crazy like a fox? Chris Ballard, I think, is doing everything he can to play defense about what his owner is sending out there. That, that felt very, very CYA. A little cover your ass there because, remember, this is the same guy. Who, what, a month ago was asked about would you move heaven and earth yeah. to trade up to get a quarterback? And he said, yeah. Yes, he did say that. That's good recall by you. Yes, he did. So, yeah, they, I think the Colts are a great enigma. I think it's no secret, though, that they're after a quarterback. And they've probably got one in mind right now. Obviously, a couple workouts still have to filter through with Richardson, with Levis, even with Bryce Young thrown at, at Alabama Pro Days and stuff like that. But... I think that you, you'll see the Colts make some sort of move here to move up and draft a quarterback. It's just a, a matter of how far up are they moving on the board. Let's try Paul, who's in Elmwood Park. Hey, Paulie. Hey, um, I thought I heard you guys say before the last commercial break that this may affect the Bears draft strategy to where trading back may not be the best option for them. Um, is that right? Well, I'm right? Asking, we're that? asking the question, so if they don't feel like – secure in drafting Jalen Carter. We don't know what the Bear, how the Bears feel right now, and I'm not saying that I think that this should be their position, but if Ryan Poles says, you know what, I'm not comfortable taking Jalen Carter right now, then you have to ask yourself, okay, if, if they're only good with Will Anderson as an elite player on their draft board, well then, will that prohibit them from trading back farther than two? You see what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah, I, I do. I do understand what you're saying, but I do also feel that at the end of the day, the philosophy and the team needs don't change based off one guy's availability. And, and you know, the other thing that you have to consider, and I'm, I, you, you know, these GMs are smart. They're not dumb, and so they know yeah. that they're not perfect. Some. And like some of them do fall in love with a guy, and that's always poison. However, you have to have the humility to say, okay, a lot of the times, all these experts are wrong. So this draft board is not. 100% accurate. There's no done deal right. ever. And, and like, like the last guy that was advertised like this was Jadavian Clowney. He was supposed to be the next best thing. He wanted to be in a, a guy that bounced around on, what, three, four teams now? Meanwhile, Aaron Donald went pick 13 and progressed into the best defensive tackle in the league. So, um, you know, who's to say that Brian Breesey's not the guy? Who's to say that Javon Dexter will wind up being the guy? Like, there's a lot of guys... Oh. In there, and, and so there's also a lot of needs on this team. We don't just have to stick to a defensive tackle up high in the draft. I mean, there's plenty of options and roads for the Bears to go. You know, they got to go through free agency first, see what they're able to pick up there, and really kind of, you know, knock down some of those holes. But just because Jalen Carter is not available, I don't think that really affects the Bears' philosophy or their strategy too much. It's, 
I guess it's a fair point, Paul. What I'll say is if you have deemed, if Ryan Poles and the Bears have deemed Ian Cunningham, if they've deemed, though, Anderson and Kale- and Carter as elite blue chip players, right? Mm-hmm. They may feel that they don't want to move down too far and not end up with one of those players. Like, that's where, and you're right, like, yes, there's always, every draft, there's always yeah. a player who you find rarely is the number one overall pick, the best player to come out in the draft. Right. Every once in a while, it might be a quarterback and you might be right. But oftentimes, you can find, you know, the best player in the draft littered across every different round if you look right. through the history of the NFL draft. That wouldn't be, a, I mean, that's not a stunner. The thing is, though, when you're picking high, you have an opportunity to select anybody you want. Right. It's all at your disposal. And this is where Ryan Poles, if he sees someone that he really likes, go and, ahead and grab that generational talent. And, and listen, this is one of the most intriguing things to me about this draft. We haven't seen Ryan Poles make a, a first-round selection, right? Correct. And, and even yeah. with his time with the Chiefs, like that was a team that was drafting back of the first round for a good majority. Uh, and when they were near the top of the first round, who'd they go out and get? They got Patrick Mahomes. So the the whole thing is intriguing to me with this Bears offseason because we don't know a lot about what Ryan Poles is going to do in the draft because we don't have much of a track record for him. And, and that, to me, it, it, we're going to learn a lot in this first offseason, first full offseason. He's Tyler Rocky. I'm Jeff Meller in for Black and Abdallah on your home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN 1000. It's Black and Abdallah. Follow us on the gram at Black and Abdallah and at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. We are in a celebratory mood here at ESPN 1000. Your brand new home of Chicago Bears football starting today. The first day of the NFL's brand new league year. Also have a free agency coming your way. March 13th is the first day they can legally tamper and have conversations with free agents. So that's a Monday. That's going to be a very big day because that's oftentimes when we get all the news about what what players have agreed with what teams mm-hmm. and for what potential amounts of money. So that's coming your way in uh, less than less than less two than weeks two away. Weeks, yeah. So that's March 13th. Of course, the official date of free agency is Wednesday, March 15th. And then of course, we'll have the NFL draft, which will be uh, late April. Is it April 26th, 7th? I believe it's 26th. Okay. Whatever Um, that Thursday Yeah, so late April, we obviously will have uh, plenty of NFL draft coverage for you as well. On your home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN 1000, I'm Jeff Miller along with Tyler Aki in for Black and Abdallah tonight. Let's try James, who's in New Lenox. James, what's going on? Hey, Jimmy. Let's see if we can go back to him. Let's try Jamal, who's in Tinley Park. Hey, Jamal, what's going on? How you guys doing? Good man. How's it going? Good. Pretty good. I was, you know, what I was a little uh, nervous of Jalen Carter anyway before all of this happened. And so, you know, when I'm sitting here looking at things, you got um, Anderson High, but to me, I always look at the edge guys as boom or bust, right? We think about Dominique Robinson. Of course, he was later, but these edge guys sometimes it takes them a while to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And with Poles picking so high. To me, what this does is it allows Poles to just go ahead and drop down, you know, whether it be Carolina at nine or whatever. Even if it's a little lower than that, 
recoup, you know, get some picks, some additional picks, and then maybe focus on offensive line. I think with with this pick, you need a plug and play guy. You don't need to play around with any like boom or bust potential. You need somebody that you know can start for you for the next ten years. And whether that's Paris Johnson from Ohio State or Skaransky from Northwestern, you need somebody that you can plug in immediately and know you have a starter moving forward. And I just I'm always leery of these edge guys. So there's so many edge guys in this draft, I would do that later and focus on somebody I can put in and know I got a starter for the next 10 years. No, I, I listen, I think we all feel that way, Jamal, right? Like they need to, wherever, wherever they end up selecting, they really need to, you know, find a blue chip, you know, you'd hope a blue chip player. Yeah. In the trenches seems to be, you know, the likely landing spot, right? Whether it's defensive yeah. line or mm-hmm. offensive line, those are just two glaring holes that the Bears have on the roster. And truth be told, those are two spots where, the Eagles and Chiefs both really excelled at, right? So very few teams go deep into the NFL playoffs without having solidified offensive and defensive lines. And you're always going to want to go out and get those guys because that's an often injured position as well because of the, the – and it's a short lifespan. Like The NFL career in and of itself is mm-hmm. a short lifespan, but especially in the trenches too yeah. where those guys are, are getting after each other every single play – and it's just the physicality yeah. is there every single play with them. Absolutely. Uh, chewed up and spit out. Let's try Tio, who's in Elgin. Hey, Tio, what's going on? Hey, Jeff and Tyler, how are you guys doing? What's up, Tio? Congrats on uh, being the home of the Bears now. Thank you. So I got a question about it. This is just about the draft. Then, um, you know, maybe uh, David Montgomery is not coming back. So my question is about do you guys go get a running back in a free agency or in a draft, late draft? And um, will you guys want to tell you about the guy from uh, Illinois? Is Brown last name? Chase sure. Brown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure, Tio. So, so, uh, yeah, no, it's it's an interesting question. Uh, we have had some discussions about the Bears and whether they should be in on some of the running backs in the free agent market. Now, Saquon Barkley looks like he's likely to hit the free agent market, but he's still in play for a franchise tag. What do they want to do with Daniel Jones? Right. Are they going to be reluctant to tag Daniel Jones just because they don't want to pay him that amount of money? Um, and if that's the case, then Saquon Barkley would be an obvious franchise tag candidate for the New York Giants. Josh Jacobs, mm-hmm. you know, he was one of Pro Football Focus's top-rated running backs in the entire league this past year. He led the NFL in rushing. He uh, and the Raiders chose not to pick up his fifth-year option. So, but he very well could be franchise tagged as well, right? Tony Pollard. Sure. Tony Pollard has a significant ankle injury mm-hmm. that he had in the uh, in the playoffs, so he's going to need to you know go full. It, it's hard to say. Okay, I think he'll probably be okay. Generally, you know, yeah. medicine these days you feel good about it, right. but it's not ideal for him to have to hit free agency with you know dealing with an ankle injury that he's recovering from. Right, right. So, especially at that position too. Yeah. Um. So. You know, I wouldn't. I. I've told Tyler I wouldn't be um, disappointed if the Bears went out and added Barkley or Jacobs, mm-hmm. but the question is what would the cost be, right? And Ryan pulls everything I've heard doesn't strike me as a guy who's going to break the bank for a running back. And the Bears really, honestly, Barkley, Jacobs, you add them to the roster, it'd be exciting, but if they don't fix the offensive line, where are they really going with that, right? Right. Um, because, I, but I don't. I don't think there's a free. There's not a wide receiver out in this market that they're going to pay big bucks no. to. Right. I mean, you're going out, and, and the free agency crop in general 
You're not bringing in a stud in all likelihood. There, there's no stud really to be had out there when you look at the, the list of free agents out there. In terms of drafting a running back, I'm all for that because you look at, in all likelihood, the Bears are going to have in the neighborhood of 10 draft picks this year. Once you take into account the likely trades that will take place, I'd imagine the Bears are going to have in the neighborhood, they right now have nine on their books. I'd imagine they'll have somewhere in the neighborhood of, of 10. When mm-hmm. things are all said and done, yeah. a couple of trades, both in and out, and, I'd imagine, yeah. are made in this draft uh, by Ryan Poles. And we, I mean, we saw last year how he was trading. It felt like every single pick there was some sort of move. It felt like none of the picks that they made last year were of their own pick. So, I think that with uh, with that, I'm I'm all for drafting a running back. I think that's the right cycle to go about. And, I mean, you find gems in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, even undrafted. I mean, you look at the starting running back that we saw in this past Super Bowl with Isaiah Pacheco's. That's yep. a seventh-round guy right there. So the, the, they can be found across the board. Oh, of course. Uh, and it's not just Pacheco. I, I, I was Yeah, you had the salaries said, that you went through. And Over the last, like, 15, 16 Super Bowl-winning teams, right. every single running back on that team was essentially a guy who was making barely more than the league minimum. Right. Because that's exactly what that position has become now, plug and play. And if you're spending a lot of money on a running back, it's not that you can't get deep or you can't go to the, you know, you can't uh, win the Super Bowl. But the reality is, um, like I'm trying to think, like like the Bengals, the Bengals have Joe Mixon, right? Mm-hmm. But they also have Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase on rookie contracts, right? right? You look at Patrick Mahomes and Pacheco, right? Like mm-hmm. you look through the league. Uh, Tom Brady did it with uh, Leonard Fournette running, you know, riding right. shotgun at and basically look, Fournette a Fournette just got cut. Exactly. You just you can't pay running backs anymore. And it's 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 probably the one position which is so skewed because of what fantasy football. Anybody who plays fantasy yes. football, mm-hmm. it's like you you're like, oh, give me a great running back. But the reality is that that position just gets used and abused so quickly and then the treads the treads off the tires within four or five years and then when it's time for the running back position to get paid they're no longer the player who was producing at you know that you know elite clip anymore because they're just physically they've been abused in this league that that's exactly what they do right so it's it's really hard to justify paying a running back and thinking that it's going to be good money spent right i mean just look at how many times from from the last decade or so or 10 15 years guys who looked like they were on a hall of fame track that now won't sniff it yeah like i mean you think of a guy like chris johnson right uh jamal charles like those are guys that were on Hall of Fame tracks. Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott, yes. Modern day version, right? Mm-hmm. No, like, it's, yeah. Th- these are guys that have these strong first five or so years. Then the injuries catch up to them. Then they sign that second contract. The winning maybe stops a little bit as well. Like, th- it's very rare to find that type of guy. Like, if you look at current running backs, I'm just trying to, just a quick think through mm-hmm. current NFL running backs that are going to the Hall of Fame that have <sighs> played extensive careers. Boys. I say what Derek Henry? Derek Henry. I was just gonna like, say that's the one. Yeah, um, you know, and, and I, yeah, I'm trying to like I'm looking at him right now, and oh, you know what? He's on a pace, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, okay, yeah, like, like like he's somebody who, who he has could, missed time though. Like yeah, if you look at the and look at it, he's made the 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 move from Carolina to San Francisco because Carolina, quite frankly, at the stage of where their franchise is right now, it does not behoove them. To pay a running back as much as they're paying, as much as they were paying Christian McCaffrey. I did forget. You know what? I, you know what? It's uh, 
It started out so well, but then I, I forgot. It's been three years of, of, of really injury-riddled Christian McCaffrey. He's probably not He's not going on the Hall of Fame trajectory unless he really gets back to mm-hmm. the, the type of player he was early in his career with Carolina, which I think is possible in San Francisco at the age of 26. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the last three years prior to this year being moved um, were not as strong as you know you might have, might have thought. So 312-332-3776 if you'd like to check in and discuss the Bears. Uh, Jalen Carter and his current situation, are you concerned about the Bears considering drafting him, or would you take him off your board? And I have an NFL insider who has some interesting things to say about why Ryan Poles might pass on Bryce Young. And I'm telling you, it's not for the reason you'd want to hear. I'll share that with you next. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. I'd like you to meet someone who's really special. It's Black and Abdallah. A real inspiration. Follow us on the gram at Black and Abdallah and at ESPN underscore Chicago. Tyler Aki hanging out with you until 8 o'clock here on your brand new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN 1000. Ryan Poles joined Cap and Jay Hood earlier today, right around 6.30 to kick things off early today at the Draft Combine. If you missed it, check out the podcast. It is well worth your time. 17 minutes of Ryan Poles uninterrupted and very introspective, very personal. It was a very, very good conversation. So check out Cap and Jay Hood on the ESPN Chicago app. You know the one thing about polls. Remember his introductory press conferences. Yes, and very I'm not, nervous. Yes, and I'm not saying that press conferences are everything, right? But like the the Ryan polls that we heard from the intro press conference to now, he's a guy who feels a lot more confident with himself. It seems like, and that certainly. Well, played out when he was with Cap'n J. Hood this morning. Absolutely. And it's only natural because when you're a younger GM or even a head coach and you haven't really had the opportunity, you haven't had the reps to get in front of the mic and answer questions. And also, let's be honest, you can't always answer them honestly. Right. Even though mm-hmm. you, the easiest path would be to give honest answers to the questions, but... The position, the job that you were hired to do will not allow you to be right. upfront and forthright. Right. It's just the reality of the situation. And so because of that, it is you it it uh asks a little bit of being deft about, you know, what you're going to say. You have to be aware of, you know, you want to give a little bit, you want to maybe a few breadcrumbs because you don't want to come off sounding like you're a complete liar. Right. But it's just not in your best interest as a GM, to be completely honest. Especially when you're faced with having to make a trade with the number one overall pick. Absolutely. Jeff Darlington was on Ryan Rosillo's podcast yesterday, and I thought this was interesting. I've mentioned something like this in the past. Darlington talked about the possibility of Ryan Poles passing on Bryce Young, but it would not be for the reason that most people would believe, because of his size right Right. or because ryan poles believes justin fields is the better quarterback no listen to the scenario that jeff darlington laid out on ryan russell's podcast yesterday again the bears find themselves in a great spot because no matter how much you find yourself falling in love with bryce young it's not like you're looking at patrick mahomes physique or andrew luck or 
You could do it if it was Trevor Lawrence, honestly. No matter how much you fall in love with the potential of Bryce Young, you can look at your quarterback last year getting his ass kicked and say, we're not in a position to even put Bryce Young on this team without the assets to build around him. And if you can justify that in your head and move off of it and convince the fan base of that, it's a win-win anyway. And here's the other part of it. So you collect all those assets, right? You don't need to spend them all this year. So you get like two, three first-round picks in this. And now next year, you find out Justin Fields works or not, and then you you can decide from there. So, again, I, I think that they're in a spot where even if they are not fully committed and fully in love with Justin Fields, you can keep him, you can defend your decision there, as opposed to you go take Bryce Young and you you ship Justin Fields off and Fields works out and Bryce doesn't, you're fired, you're done. You are searching for a new job. And as much as people don't want to consider that, these are human beings with million-dollar jobs in these general manager positions, and you better believe that they are thinking about self-preservation. Protect the bag. Yeah. That's not what – And but that's the reality of the situation is it is easier for Ryan Poles to go forward with Justin Fields, collect the assets in the trade that he can get for, by dealing away the number one overall pick, and then seeing what happens with Justin Fields next year – and then if you need to trade up for a Caleb Williams or a Drake May next year, maybe it's easier to do if you've got additional first-round picks from this trade you've made this year. Mm-hmm. And no skin off your back. And it's easier to say, eh, you know what? We were concerned about Bryce Young's size. But it is not the, it's not what you want to hear as a Bears fan if Ryan Poles thought, yeah, boy, Bryce Young might be special. He, if he believes like McShay does that he's a mini Mahomes but he's scared and it's easier to defend your position. It's not what you want to hear as a Bears fan. Well, we we always talk about head coaches getting second chances, right? That doesn't always happen for general managers. I would it's say, usually one and I was done. Say, I would say it not always. It almost never happens right. for GMs. Very, very few get that second crack, that second bite at the apple, if they do fail in their first stop. And, and you know what? Can I tell you, even yeah. when you say fail... Consider like the GMs who have had second opportunities. Bill Polian, mm-hmm. his failing was going to four straight Super Bowls with the Buffalo Bills, right? And then he obviously got a chance to be the architect of Carolina and the Indianapolis Colts, right? Mm-hmm. But failing for him was still going to four Super Bowls. Yeah, you know. So, right. it, like as a GM, you have to be very successful to get a second crack at it, right? And it's not like it isn't head coaching, and that's why it is interesting with Ryan Poles because. There is job preservation that is going into every single one of these moves because if Ryan Poles does not have prolonged success with the Chicago Bears, he's done. He's He'll be in a front office as a scout. He'll still be in a front office somewhere, maybe an assistant GM, what yeah. have you. But he's not going to be the head guy ever again. He's not going to be a president of football operations ever. It's done yes. if he doesn't succeed with the Bears. And think about it. like. You're putting your job on the line if you're him, if you wanted to go out and draft Bryce Young. Now, I think most people who are listening to us right now are probably thinking to themselves, what are you talking about? Justin Fields is the guy. But think about it. If Ryan Poles is not convinced completely that he's the guy, and he's even thinking, boy, I think some of these quarterbacks in this draft might be better, but you know what? I'm, I can see it. I can see why this, you can, the setup for your situation is better going forward, just taking the additional first-round picks in future drafts and not doing what Waddle has, 
you know, mm-hmm. preached about multiple times. If you're the GM and if you're in that position, you would think if you think a quarterback is a generational talent, I should go forward and draft him, right? Mm-hmm. But it's easier said than done. If you're Ryan Poles, I don't have the job security to say, let's go ahead and pick Bryce Young. And if I'm wrong, I can somehow rebound from this. Even if I, if I feel in my heart that he's the guy, I'm not sure it's the easiest position to take. It's not. And I had a caller here when I was filling in for Black and Abdallah last week. They were talking about uh, Bryce Young as a pick. And it's like, like, what if he is Drew Brees? If you can guarantee me that, that Bryce Young's Drew Brees, you draft him. Number one overall. Yeah, it's, you're right. It's no question. You're absolutely you right. You do it. If you are fully convinced that he is the second coming of Drew Brees, a smaller guy, but he overcame that and had a long Hall of Fame level NFL career, first ballot NFL Hall of Fame career, you draft that guy right now. And the conversations, you anyone that calls you to, to solicit a trade, you're hanging up on them right away if you know that's what you're getting. But I don't think you know that's what you're getting with any of these guys. Speaking of soliciting a trade, a lot of Bears fans have wanted the Bears to be in on T. Higgins. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bengals GM Duke Tobin had words for anybody who thinks T. Higgins is going anywhere. I'm in the business of making the Cincinnati Bengals better, and so trading T. Higgins is not on my mind. That's their problem. They want a receiver. Go find your own. You know, in, in my, my opinion, you know, T. Higgins is a good piece for the Cincinnati Bengals, so the trade stuff is a little ridiculous right now. little ridiculous. Bengals no. GM not looking to trade T. Higgins, so Bears fans, he is not going to be Justin Fields' number one wide receiver. Now listen, he's not looking to trade T. Higgins. No one's looking to trade T. Higgins. It's just going to come down to, can you pay T. Higgins? Does he fit in the budget moving forward? That's that's what it's ultimately going to come down to. So. And is, I guess, will Joe Burrow be willing to take a lesser deal a la Brady in order to keep his weapons happy and in Cincinnati with him? It seems like that is a possibility for the Bengals. All right, folks, thanks for listening. I'm Jeff Meller. He's Tyler Aki. As we were in for Black and Abdallah this evening, the guys, again, were on earlier today. So if you missed it, check out the podcast available for you on the ESPN Chicago app. And if you missed it, we are the brand new home of the Chicago Bears going forward from this day on. Cannot wait to have you in the fold on ESPN 1000, just like the Bears are. Thanks for listening. I'm Jeff Meller. He's Tyler Aki. This has been ESPN 1000.